Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Hello and welcome to Top Stories. I'm Andy Zaltzman, host of The Bugle Podcast, the world's leading and only audio newspaper for a visual world. The Bugle is 15 years old this minute, and to mark this landmark moment of continued existence in the cruel podcastic universe, here is our new daily pod feed, Top Stories. Every day for the next X days, where X is a number greater than, I don't know, 10, but less than 4,250-odd, we will present for you a top story from a past bugle to help remind you that whilst the world might seem like an unprecedented idiot right now, it has quite often been almost equally idiotic before. And it seems fitting to start with page one, episode one of our audio newspaper, the first ever news story that we delivered to you, the global public. It's a visit back to October 2007, to Iraq, with me and my former Bugle co-host, John... How do you pronounce that? Oliver? Something like that. So, today's top news story, Iraq. How well is it actually going? Quite badly, I would say. Give it time, Andy. Give it time. <laughs> I have given it quite a lot of time. Well, just give it a bit more time. Right. You never know, it might yet surprise you. I just think, as a taxpayer and consumer of the war in Iraq, I have been disappointed with the war that I've received. You have to support the concept of time, Andy. You have to support our time. <laughs> if you're not for that, what are you for? You're for the nihilistic view of non-consensual time that the terrorists are proposing. Right. I think you've been in America too long now, John. They make some convincing arguments here. Uh, Well, the consensus in Britain is that so far Iraq uh, is only scoring 2.3 out of 10, which is bad for any war. Yeah, that's not a great score. Um, But there has been an announcement that British troops will be reduced to 2,500 uh, next year. Uh, how many American troops are there there, John? Well, there are 168,000, so that is just the latest slap in the face from an already very red American face <laughs> at the moment. So they're really getting stuck in. That's a lot of soldiers. Well, the big, the big question, I guess, is could Iraq be going any worse? And this was probably this was probably best pointed out by the president himself, the self-styled 43rd president of the United States, uh, when he said in a press conference that Iraq is, in fact, like Vietnam, but in a good way. Now, that is not scraping the bottom of the barrel, Andy. That's going through the barrel and tunnelling straight into the floor, possibly into an old antique barrel that you didn't know was there, and getting to the bottom of that. And then going through that into a mains electricity cable. <laughs> That's right. And if you want to know, Andy, how much balls it takes to say a thing like, it's like Vietnam, but in a good way, it's three balls. <laughs> You need an extra ball, and luckily this president has that extra ball and is willing to use it in a time of war. 
I'm very worried about this plan to fly the troops home because um, I'm not in, in favour of the Iraq war, but I think the environment is now the big issue that we really need to address. And I think that it's reached the stage where the environmental damage of flying the troops home now outweighs the dangers of leaving them there. So I think they're either going to have to just try and blend in with the locals or fight their way back across land. Well, the exit strategy is quite a big issue because Bush has said that uh, if we leave now, the enemy will follow us home. Uh, so any withdrawal will have to kind of throw them off the scent, I guess you're <laughs> implying. But you know, the, the enemy do know where America live. That's the thing. They're, they're aware. They're number one Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> they're Canada's very noisy neighbour. Can they not sort of set up some kind of decoy uh, like people do with uh, paparazzi. So maybe some American troops can just head off to Australia and hope that the terrorists follow them there. That is a good idea. And then the real American army goes home. That is a unnoticed. good idea. That, that clicking on the line was probably the Pentagon picking that idea up. <laughs> um, but the, the biggest withdrawal, Andy, has been from Iceland. Uh, I don't know if you saw that this week. They announced uh, their formal withdrawal from the Coalition of the Willing, to which their contribution was one troop. That is a disaster. It's a 100% withdrawal. The entire Icelandic, Isish, whatever they call themselves, it hardly seems to matter now. They're not involved. They're not a team player. They've pulled their entire army out. Well, what there should be, though, let the record show this, there should still be a veterans parade in the future. Every time she goes to the shops or goes for a little stroll somewhere, that should be a parade. What it does give you is spectacularly absolute results. That's a 100% withdrawal from Iceland, and even asking how the Icelandic army is doing, maybe 100% of the Icelandic army was a bit peckish. John, is, uh, how much of America is still behind President Bush and his little jaunt? Well, it's probably quicker to give you names, Andy, now. <laughs> and it's not even the whole Bush family anymore. No, America <laughs> is not, not enjoying this spectacular fall from grace. Uh, his approval ratings, I believe, are as low as they have been yet. And they have been pretty low. Uh, so, now America is not too happy with how things are going. But one positive thing has come out of this situation, Andy. Which is what? The US, this is a fact, and it's not one of those false facts, it's a true one, is now running out of bullets. One billion bullets fired per year by Americans, Andy. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> they said they could make them faster than Americans could fire them, but they have been proven wrong. Now... Bush's government have uh, hit back by saying that's not actually that big a figure, especially if you think of a much bigger number to compare it to. That is true. and Well, it's only, what, about three bullets per American? Yeah, it's not that. And there must be some Americans who don't use any bullets and some who use a lot. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're an average man in the street, I mean, you've been living in America now for almost 18 months. I mean, how many bullets have you fired in that time? Well, I've fired probably... Ooh, got about 22 bullets, but you know, 19 of them were into the air. Only three were at other people. Yeah, well, that was that in that incident at the uh, motorway service station. Correct. Right, well, best brush over that. There's only one thing in a war more foolish than running out of bullets, and that is to tell your enemy that you have run out of bullets. That's right. That is a tactical error of quite magnificent proportions. I think it does also come down to the uh, problem that America have been operating a shoot-first, hold-court-martials-later policy. It works fine, Andy. Now, but there, <laughs> there, is, there is a genuine consequence to this, which is that police forces, in particular the NYPD, to train their uh, police officers now, they're having to use paintball guns, 
which is a magnificent idea. They should have them now for all the police. Take the guns from them and give them paintball guns. What is the worst thing that's going to happen to an innocent black man in Harlem? <laughs> He's going to end up looking like a work-in-progress Jackson Pollock. Congratulations, Officer O'Reilly. Yet another masterpiece. Well, thank you very much. It's just so hard to know when it's finished. Uh, it certainly might have solved a few problems over here if a Brazilian man had had his head painted red, orange, green, yellow and blue. I think that really the only excuse they've got left for Iraq now uh, is that it was supposed to be best of three, so they had to have the second Iraq war, and there was uh, a legal precedent with this with the world wars. They were best of three. That's correct. And in fact, there was a third world war in the 1970s, but because we were 2-0 up, the press didn't report it. Yeah, it was played behind closed doors. Yeah, Germany actually won, and they now run Kent County Council. Thank you for listening to the inaugural Top Stories. If you have enjoyed The Bugle over the past 15 years, or part of the past 15 years, or even if you think you might enjoy it at some unspecified point in the future, and want to make a contribution to help keep the show free for everyone, clear of advertising, flourishing and independent, you can join our voluntary subscription scheme via DonorBox. Obviously, if you do make a contribution, it does kind of cease to be free for you, but the point stands. Our premium-level voluntary subscribers are eligible for free merch plus a mention in The Bugle. For more information and to make a one-off or recurring contribution to The Bugle, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the Donate button and or click the Live button for details of the live shows on our 15th anniversary tour. Top Story will be back with another Bugle Top Story from the past tomorrow. <laughs>